Welcome back to the Crossover Podcast, the show where you get sports and you get a little nerd stuff. Last week, you got a little nerd stuff as we were talking our Daredevil and movie trailers. And you're going to get some nerd stuff next week because Avengers 2 is coming out this weekend and we're going to go see that and then come back and do a little review after that. But right now, we're going to talk NFL and we'll probably talk the playoffs in both NBA and NHL and if I'm talking sports, you know I'm talking with AM980s, Craig Nails. Craig, how's it going, buddy? Very good. How are you? Not bad. Um, other than our first-round NHL picks, which are uh, not so hot right now, uh, I kind of want to go back and destroy that recording that we made. I'm not going to lie. Uh, we should at least consider it. Um, I've got my tweet of the exact picks that I made right in front of me here, and I'm considering deleting that. Uh, I got New York over Pittsburgh in five games right on the nose, so I feel yep. pretty good about that. I think I had that one, too. And the rest is hot garbage. Yeah, uh, oh, man. <laughs> well, I did have Capitals in seven, which, as we right. are currently speaking, is alive. Um, right. So uh, got, I had the I had Capitals win that series in six. I had Ottawa beating Montreal in six. Yeah, that I had that, too. Series, despite the fact that it was 3 nothing, was pretty close. Yes, two. Uh, the Habs did have two overtime wins in their first three, so uh, you know they could go either way. Um, the one we were really wrong on was Ducks Jets. I mean, I think both of us had Jets in seven, and um, if the Jets could have played, the Jets played well in all those games for about ninety-five percent of the game. It was that yeah. last five percent that they needed to clean up, like. Um, yeah, the Jets were winning in the third period of three of the games. If you had told me that before the series, I would have felt pretty good about the pick. Um, yeah, they just had things get away from them. And somebody on Twitter pointed out, and I forget who, and I wish I could say who it was, but somebody smart pointed out that the Ducks have been a consistently high shooting percentage team for a few years in a row. Well, the Jets, because Pavlik's not very good, have been a consistently low save percentage team for a few years in a row. So... The Ducks were the smart pick, and this is someone who picked the Ducks in five, I think, before the series. Because if you put those two elements together and mix things up like that, um, that that could be trouble for the team that's the low save percentage team. Yeah, I just uh, I looked at the power play and the and the and everything. I mean, obviously, we we did a whole podcast on it. The, the power play numbers and whatnot were so skewed towards the Jets, and I just thought the Jets were bigger and and. I thought the Jets would have control yeah. the puck way more, which me too. For, that that difference wasn't as much as I thought it would be. Um, the the I, I thought that the the Jets would have a lot more zone time than they did, and that didn't turn out to be the case. So, and I know some people are saying like, "Oh, how did the Jets' home crowd not propel them to victory?" Which I don't like. I think we might have mentioned that it was going to be crazy, but I don't think we ever mentioned that as a factor in the series because that's a silly thing to mention as a factor in a hockey series, in my opinion. Yeah, um, another series we were wrong on. The Minnesota Wild beat the St. Louis. <coughs> oh, <coughs> oh, oh, excuse me. Choked uh, on that, eh? Oh, I choked on it. I had something in my throat there. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. Sorry, the Blues. The St. Louis Blues. Um, <coughs> oh, still trying to clear my throat here. Uh, yeah, the Blues. What do you get? Allen like, like, wasn't very good in this series. No, that's true. But we should have at the draft before the Oilers, and we can get to that, you know, pile of crap in a minute if you want. Yeah. Um, yeah, there should be a ceremonial passing of the torch um, of the uh, the the first round choker torch, and uh, the Sharks should uh, walk up to the Blues and say, "This is yours now." <laughs> yeah. just like what are you gonna say like <laughs> this is what i will say for st louis is their goaltending wasn't very good and i think this is the first time in the bacchus oshi petrangelo blues era that we've had here 
I think this is the first time in that era they've lost to a team that isn't as good as them. Yes. I think the Wild are good. They're not as good as St. Louis. But the other times, the losses have been against Chicago and Los Angeles, which, you know, whatever, yeah, right? this was the first time, which is why, I, and we mentioned that on our podcast, which is why we were both like, let's go with the Blues, because we'll give them the benefit of the doubt. I'd say, you know, they lost to most of the teams that won the Stanley Cup in those particular years when they were eliminated. But, uh, you know, this one, this, this one looms large right here. Yeah, pretty significant. Um. Blackhawks and Predators, good series, very good series played by both teams. I think we got that one right. I, I think I had Blackhawks in six. And so did uh, I. Uh, one we got wrong, uh, we checked Vancouver in six, and the Flames uh, just outlasted them. I mean, what are you going to do? Out, out, like, you could take the stats, uh, probably throw them out the window on that one because the, the Flames just flat out out hustled the, the Canucks. I don't know if you. Um, the Canucks, nope. when the Sedins weren't on the ice, got absolutely we're, crushed. They were abysmal. Oh, my goodness. Um, I, I think that I, this is before game six, but I think the Sedins were uh, they were controlling the puck for 70 percent of the shot attempts. And the rest of Vancouver's roster was well, well, well below that. Uh, and overall, the series, I think, was 51, 49 Vancouver. So um, that was the problem is when the Sedins weren't on the ice, the Canucks weren't good enough. Um, is CBC going to have enough time to shoot more Michael Furland promos? Because that, uh, that was insane. Oh, like they had, there like, was a lot. They didn't have just like, it was okay to just do one. They had like two a game where they were just running Michael Furland promos. And then he scored the last goal in the series, which I, I thought that was special. <laughs> like, yeah, it kind of worked out. Oh man. But it was like, at one point they said something like, I, I can't remember who it was. Might've been Scott Oak, but Scott Oak said something like, you know, you know, like there's a lot of proud parents in the National Hockey League, but no one is more proud than Mrs. Furland. And like as they zoomed in on her in the crowd, and I was like, really? You know, like it's okay to do fluff pieces, but to just flat out lie and make up garbage like that—that that Michael <laughs> Furland's mom is the most proud. She's of far all. more proud than Jonathan Taves' mom. Yeah, like think just, about how unproud Sidney Crosby's mom must be. Exactly. <laughs> like what a like what a just. She probably looks at Sydney's stats and, you know, the, the Stanley Cup championship, two Olympic gold medals, multiple Art Ross trophies, Hart uh, trophies, and thinks to herself, why isn't my son more like Michael Furland so I can be more proud? Exactly, right? <laughs> like, just a bunch of... Why couldn't he just play like Michael Furland? Oh, man, like Michael Furland, hard on his sleeve all the time. Like, mm. just... Uh, classic, classic CBC fluffies. Um, as we're speaking, we're, we're recording this podcast. I'm going to date this podcast immediately. Uh, the Capitals and Islanders, uh, zero zero at the end of the first. Who would you rather see play the Rangers next round? Because like, oh, you know, yeah. like I think for a neutral way. fan, it should absolutely be the Islanders, just because we haven't seen Rangers Islanders in the playoffs in a while, and that'd be super fun. Um, but you know, Ovechkin. And the Caps versus the Rangers is fun, too. But, but either series has some entertainment value. But I think Rangers-Islanders is more likely to be one that we remember for a long time. And I think if you're a Ranger fan, I know there's some risk here because you don't want to lose to the Islanders. But if you're a Ranger fan, don't you kind of look at the idea of the Rangers winning the last game in Nassau Coliseum as being, like, super, super awesome? Yeah, like isn't oh, that God, what yes. you want? Putting the nail in that particular yeah, coffin. just being yeah. the last team to walk out of there to win in a lit and like ending Nassau Coliseum as the New York like that's that to me is what you should want if you're a Ranger fan. Yeah, 
the uh, last time the Capitals and the Islanders, I think it was the 87, the Pat LaFontaine goal, where the yeah. last time they had a game seven and it went four OTs. So hopefully this game will end up being as memorable as that one. Um, if you're the Habs, you probably, like, I don't know. You're not going to match up great against either of these teams. Well, at least you'll match up against the Wings, but the Wings will have a significant advantage, advance <clears throat> coming down to three, two, one, a significant advance in the uh, coaching department. Um, oh god yes <laughs> yes and uh i think that you kind of like i understand they didn't play as well against tampa but i think you kind of want tampa if you yeah i think you're right yeah I think a you're little right. bit only because like mrazic's playing so well uh bishop has been so so and, and mrazic playing well is less egregious than um when Scott, what's the name? Darling and uh, Scott Darling and the Blackhawks. Yeah, Scott Darling and Andrew Hammond were, you know, right. Mrazek has been a, a a a good goaltending prospect throughout the entirety of his career here, whereas Hammond and Darling have essentially been AHL filler. Um, do do you want to give our uh, what? Because we we could do the Western Conference. Uh, uh, do you want to give our predictions for? Yeah, real quarterfinals quick. right now. I'm gonna say Ducks in five against and, Calgary. Yeah, 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 and Blackhawks in six. I'm gonna say Ducks in six and Blackhawks in six. I'm gonna give Calgary an extra. I think they'll get two home wins and then probably pack it in after that in some sort of fashion. I just think they're 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 playing gutty enough that they're I'm gonna I'm gonna give them two wins. Um, so uh, that was pretty good. We spent like 10 minutes on the NHL there. Uh, I don't see any reason for us to spend more than 10 seconds on the NBA playoffs. Um, both of our teams, unfortunately, were swept out of the first round. My Boston Celtics were dispatched rather easily by the Cleveland Cavaliers, although we at least uh, took a shoulder with us on the way out. Um, what's going on with your Raptors there? Let's, 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 talk, let's, let's talk briefly on Raptors about what do you, what you think they should do in the offseason. I think that you got to do something. And I, I read this morning that apparently Masai Ujiri is not convinced he has to make a coaching change unless the there's a guy he knows that he wants out there uh, that he knows is better than Casey, which is fine. Yeah, but I, I think that if you look at how bad the Raptors' defense has been and the fact that there were no real steps taken to address that, the defense just progressively got worse throughout the season. Um, they made a really, really inefficient, really lousy Washington offense look awesome in this series because their defense is so bad. Uh, obviously, Lowry's back was bothering, and that was part of what was going on here. But there were just a lot of things that were going wrong. That you have to wonder about the mix of guys in the team. So I'm ready for some significant changes here. This group had a really nice run that lasted exactly a year, I mean, a little over a year. From the time Rudy Gay was traded December 8th, of 2013 from the time DeMar DeRozan got hurt against Dallas, which was mid-December 2014. This team was great, but outside of those parameters, this team's been pretty lousy. So I think that you've got to, you've, you've got to make some changes here. Unless you just really, really, really believe in this group and think things just went awry and got out of hand. I think that's a little bit silly if you ask me. But I think that some changes have to come, maybe at the, at the coaching position. They have a lot of cap space, so and a lot of guys who are free agents may not be back. So that, that certainly plays a role here. I mean, they, they had, they've had a lot of fun. Like, you got to say, you had a lot of, you probably had a lot of fun as a Raptors fan over the last uh, year and a half, I'd say. 
aside from the playoff exits, but like as far as regular season numbers and stuff going, like the team won a few games, so it's probably more fun. Masai should probably chill it with the cussing at the other teams in the first round of the. Uh, uh, if he wants to keep writing checks, I'm fine with it. That's true, but uh, it's not working. Still, out probably so stop far. doing that. Yeah, it's not working out so far. But um, uh, make no mistake, everything that happened for the Raptors over the last year and a half was sort of an accident. Like, oh yeah, were... post gay trade, everything was an accident. Yeah. Uh, the, the plan was to trade Lowry for the pick the New York Knicks are going to be using this year, which obviously wouldn't have been as good if they had Lowry. But at the same time, the Knicks are going to have a pretty good pick this year. Uh, so I understand that this wasn't the plan. It was a happy accident. But it's easy to have a happy accident when half the Eastern Conference is losing on purpose. So um, I, I get why they decided to try to keep last year's group together and, and have some things go their way again. Didn't happen. Uh, I've seen all sorts of crazy trade scenarios brought up on Twitter of stuff like either DeMar DeRozan or Lowry going to Los Angeles. Good, good trades are like fan 590 nonsense trades. Uh, no, like trades that I think that both teams might actually be interested in. Uh, Throw one DeRo- out there. DeRozan for Julius Randle. Who says no? Uh, oh, I don't know. Uh, Keep in mind, the Lakers probably think they have Kevin Love playing. Yeah, I was going to say, they're bringing Kevin Love and probably Rondo next year. They're getting two of, like, the Lakers are going to have two of Rondo, Love, and maybe Carmelo Anthony, although Carmelo Anthony is probably a bit of a stretch, but I'm guessing they bring in Rondo and Love and are once again a disaster, and I'm going to love it, and Kobe Bryant and Rondo might fist fight on the court. And A starting lineup that has... DeRozan, or that has Bryant Love and uh, and Rondo at this stage of Rondo's career. It feels like that team would give up some points. Yeah, and they would not make the, like, in that Western Conference, they don't make the playoffs. Oh, God, no. Not even uh, Yeah, right? Like, it's not even close, right? Like, not even looking close. At, like, Dallas. Who's, who's dropping out the made of this year? Dallas maybe drop out, and that's it. The team with Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook probably takes their spot. Exactly. Um, Cause they're going to be back. Dallas is like, and like they did a lot of good things. Right. But unfortunately I'm, I'm watching that series and it's sad to say, but Dirk looks cooked in that series. Unfortunately. Um, it's too bad. Yeah. It's, it's sad to watch. I mean, is he just, he can't defend and he he's, he's lost his, the one move he always had, which was the, the step back with the knee up. Um, he's kind of lost that one. And I, when he lost that, I was, I saw that he lost that in the playoffs against Houston here. I was kind of like, Oh, <laughs> like that's when it's like, Oh, if he's lost that shot that he's done. Cause he can't really do anything else. Um, you can never count out the Mavs when it comes to adding other pieces though. That's but, true though. I'm not, but I'm not at gonna, least the way that the rosters look today. Um, one would think that Oklahoma city gets into the playoffs if they're healthy and Dallas is no longer part of the playoffs. I think we're at the point where I don't care how tough the conference is or who else is around, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Having Anthony Davis alone means you make the playoffs, and it doesn't really matter who else is there. That was going to be my question. I think think we're at that point as of next season where I think he, like, enters LeBron from, like, 2006 territory where, yeah, the supporting cast is garbage, but the dude's so good doesn't really matter, and he's able to sort of carry them into the playoffs anyway. I think that Davis is... If he's not there already, he'll be there next season. Yeah, that was going to be my question. Would you rather have the Lakers with Rondo and Love, or would you rather have just Anthony Davis on New Orleans? I'll take just Anthony Davis. I agree. Um, Golden State, I mean, what can you say about what they did? It, it was a 
Fun series to watch. Not great, but fun to watch. Had a couple of good games. I can't believe I, I messaged you this earlier, but I'm going to mention it here on the podcast. Apparently, the referees on that three-point shot that he made when he got fouled to tie tie it in game four, apparently the referee said, came out and said, ah, if that shot didn't go in, we were going to then call the three-point foul and give him the three free throws. And, like, the NBA needs to talk to those referees and find out if that was, if what was said was true. And if it's not just, he said, she said, because if it was, those refs need to be fired, not fined, not suspended, fired. It's problematic for two reasons. Well, one of two reasons. One, there's not supposed to be a decision tree on whether you call a foul. Exactly. There's no Thank decision you. tree on, Hey, does the, did the shot go in? Yes. No. Then it's a foul. There's, that, that doesn't exist. The decision tree is, was the player fouled? Yes. No. And then you decide. So that's, that's problem one. Problem two is, was this a referee who was just trying to save face because they he knows that it was quite clear that one of the best players in the league was tackled like a, like he was a running back on yeah, a potential um, game-time shot. on his podcast described it as like he got Goldberg speared. Right. <laughs> and it did. And it looked like that Goldberg. apparently is okay now. Um, I think that it was just, the, the more likely scenario is the ref wasn't waiting to see if it went into the side. The ref didn't call the foul because this person choked in the big moment. And then just to try to save face afterwards, oh yeah, that would have been a foul if it didn't go in. But there was, a, there was someone choking in the big moment who didn't want to call a foul to put one of the best free throw shooters that's ever played at the line with a chance to tie the game. But that's clearly what should have happened here. Yeah. Um, yeah, eight series... Only one of them has been any good. Sacramento and uh, Sacramento, San Antonio and uh, the Clippers tied 2 2. I think you think San Antonio, like I'm going to pick San Antonio. It's, I just, I'm never going to pick against San Antonio as long as this is the current regime. I think they're going to win that series in six. What do you think? Uh, I, I don't know. No? Because I, I just, it's not exactly the same with the Spurs, uh, the way that things looked in game four, obviously. That wasn't traditional. Game, game four, though, the, the the difference between game four for the Clippers and San Antonio was Austin Rivers was seven of eight and made seven of his. He took eight poor and, shots. And who's to say that won't happen again? Well, he took eight poor shots and seven of them went in. So, like, what are you going to do, right? He took his usual stream of poor shots and this happened to be a game where he banked a couple of them in, right? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I don't it. know. I, I, I just... The, the, Nothing Spurs against the Clippers. Scoring, though. There's some... Spurs had trouble scoring points, though. That was part of it, too. That's true. Uh, nothing against the Clippers, because there's a lot of lot of Clipper haters out there and you know who want to tear down Paul and, and Griffin, and I'm not one of those guys, but I just I got to go with the pedigree. And... No, I, I understand. I think it makes all the sense in the world to pick the Spurs because they're the Spurs. I'm just saying that like this is th- this series should go seven games. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, I, think that it's, I, think I hope it does pretty easily make the argument in fact i don't know what the counter is that these are teams number two and three in the west as far as who the best teams are right yeah and it's unfortunate they got Golden well, states one and then these two teams happen to match up and, and but they're the second and third best teams in the western conference are probably the third and fourth best teams in the league yeah it's it's too bad that they the two of them got matched up against each other in the first round or maybe it's not because it's awesome that they're playing each other and they're saving this first round which has been, uh, although it's had a couple of competitive games, it's been pretty abysmal for the oh awful NBA, just awful. But anyway, that's enough talking about the NBA. Let's uh, 
get to our uh, NFL draft talk. And I, I figure we'll just do the first round because anybody that mocks past the uh, first round needs some serious help. Um, I figure we'll just go through pick by pick and we'll do uh, not what we th- um, we'll, we'll just kind of guess, uh, you know, what they should do, not necessarily what they will do. Um, right. Do we want specific players for each spot or just the position they should be looking at? Uh, we could do both. Uh, see sure. if we can come up with. Um, we'll just start it off easy because I don't think there's any reason to talk about the first pick, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. There's no reason to spend more than two minutes on it because they sh- just take Jameis Winston and be done with it. Right. That's exactly what they should do. I think that's exactly what they will do. I think this Mariota stuff is just uh, a smokescreen. Yeah, I think they want to devalue that number two pick Tennessee has just to just to see if someone makes them some sort of ridiculous offer for the first pick. Yeah, that's all and, they're doing. And, and and good on them. That's exactly what they should be doing. But they're going to take Jameis Winston when they're on the clock. And you can't like it should be Jameis Winston. But no matter what happens, some jackass is going to write the well, I don't know if Marcus Mariota might be better than Jameis Winston. It happens every year. It happened when it was Andrew Luck and RG3, right? Like RG3. What uh, happened I mean, with Peyton Manning and Ryan Leaf? Yeah, Peyton Manning and Ryan Leaf. Um, and, like, like RG3, whatever. He was good that first year, and then they, the injuries, you know, took over. But, like, you know, everyone knew Luck was going to be better, but obviously there were at least three, you know, morons who would write the, you know, I don't know if RG3 isn't necessarily better than Andrew Luck articles, right? And, and we're hearing those now. Um, Pick number two. Now, this is where it gets interesting. Pick number one is not very interesting, but pick number two gets interesting. Uh, the Tennessee Titans, by all accounts, they're going to take Marcus Mariota, and I'm not necessarily a huge Mariota guy, but I don't see any reason why they shouldn't take him. I see one. You want Phillip Rivers? Yeah. But, like, why would you trade for Phillip Rivers if you're the Titans? Because if you look at the AFC this year – a team with Phillip Rivers and a slightly rejigged Titans defense is good enough to make the playoffs. You think and you so? haven't made the playoffs. In, yes, I do. I'm and not convinced that's true. Few years. I'm not convinced that's true because the Titans don't just need help at quarterback. They need help everywhere. This is an awful roster. Like I'm not con- I'm not convinced that them acquiring Phillip Rivers means they're in the playoffs. I, I, I'm just going to say that. And I think there's five or six teams that I would rather see pull the trigger on a – Oh, so would I. Like, I think like, the Jets become the best team in the AFC. What about the Houston Texans? Yeah, I don't. I don't see how Houston can do it. Though. No, I don't see how they can. But like, they don't have the currency. Well, they'd have to do two first rounders, which I wouldn't do for Philip for uh, how old's Philip Rivers? Thirty four. Yeah, thirty three. I wouldn't do it for a thirty three year old Phil. But like, like they like they could the Bengals. What about the Bengals? Do the Bengals have the? Uh, I think they've got so much money tied up in Dalton that, that it, that's inescapable still at this point. That's it's capable at the end of this year, but right now it's not, that you can't do it. Yeah, the Jets is a really good one. The, the Bills? The Jets, the, the Jets, the Bills, the Bills don't have a first-round pick. No. Um, but to the me, Eagles. The, well, yeah, the Eagles, yeah. uh, to me, <laughs> they want the Jets the become the best team in the AFC if they get Phil Rivers. Yeah, the Jets. The only way that happens is the Jets either trade up the two and then give the second pick for Phil Rivers, or the other alternative is the Jets – have Mariota somehow fall into their laps at six and then make the deal. But the, this Jets team with Phillip Rivers as a quarterback is the best team in the AFC. And I, I want to point out earlier, because earlier I said I'm not a Mariota guy. Now, And what I meant by that, because I don't mean like I think he's going to be a bust or anything like that. Um, 
I think his ceiling is, let's say, like, you know who I think his um, NFL comparison is? I think he's Matt Stafford without the cannon arm. As I okay. like, I think that's his ceiling. So you, you don't mean as far as style of play, you just mean as far as level of play. As far as level of play. Like, yes. he, he's never going to be considered one of the top five quarterbacks that will be on the periphery of the top ten. Yes, that that is. That's. Yeah. That's a reasonable and, way to look at it. Like, I think, Whereas I think you think Winston could easily be considered one of the top five. Yes, because like I, I knew Jameis Winston as a fan of the U. I knew him at Florida State, and I feared him at Florida State. And I feel I feel the exact opposite about Jameis Winston as I did about uh, oh god, what's his face who busted out for the Bills? Um, oh, who's the guy who busted out for the Bills? EJ Manuel. EJ Manuel. Thank you. Um, Mario, so like Winston's. Winston's the best quarterback since uh, to come to, into the draft since uh, since Locke. I think that's pretty clear. Yeah, um, Mariota to me, his floor I think also is like Matt Schaub. Like at worst case scenario, he's going to be Matt Schaub, who had three or four really great years in yeah. the NFL before he started throwing. Like I'm a little worried about the fact that I, I don't. We, we honestly don't know if Marcus Mariota can operate under center. That's we we do not know that yet. No, but a smart coach. Um, can teach him that, yes. Well, a, 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 or be able to teach him that or li- limit that. And you know I mean? uh, just find an offense that makes sense for him. My only advice to the Tennessee Titans would be to just take this pick and build around him because I don't think – I think if you trade for Phillip Rivers, I think that's a foolish two-year decision as opposed to getting Mariota, which could be a 10-year decision. I, I get it. I just look at – and keep in mind they'd still have pick 17 hypothetically in some of the scenarios you've seen. Yes. I just look at the state of the AFC right now and most of the teams – aren't good and you think to yourself all right there's there there are playoff spots to be had here this team hasn't made the playoffs in a while and this is a quarterback league you're if you have a top level quarterback you're good and Wizen Hunt is throwing to though I think that uh Wright and Hunter as receivers for Phillip Rivers have a chance to be very good yeah all right I'll give you that because I do keep in mind that like Wright and Hunter are talented guys, and we know yes. they're talented guys that have been good with lousy quarterbacks. Let's give them a good one and see what happens. That's true. Justin Hunter is all—he's been a fantasy darling and a lot of deep and like fantasy football leagues for years sure. now. And um, Wright, a guy that's had a hundred catch season before. So yeah, Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say that they should take your boy Dante Fowler from Florida. What do you think? Um, I think that's as reasonable as any other pick here. I, I have, I've watched way more Dante Fowler than I have Leonard Williams, but I think Leonard Williams is the better player. I know they're different guys who do different things. I get that. But I think that Williams is the best defensive player in this draft. And Fowler, I like, but there, and he's got skills and talent, obviously, and he's, he, he's a guy that can do a whole bunch of different things. And, but he's not a guy that you look at and say, okay, he's, he's the difference-making pass rusher for Jacksonville or wherever the heck he goes. But I I just look at it and think to myself that Leonard Williams should be the guy here. I think Leonard Williams is a better player. Does he fit the Gus Bradley defense, I suppose, is the question. And I know that Fowler is versatile, and, and maybe they wind up taking Fowler, but Leonard Williams, I think, is the better guy. And I've uh, watched a lot of Fowler over the last few years. Another name they're kicking around is Amari Cooper. And I loves me some Amari Cooper, but I just don't think Jacksonville needs to be thinking about the skill positions right now. I, I, I tend to agree with that. I think they can find receivers, but here's what I'd say about Amari Cooper. And we'll talk about him a little more because 
I think that's where we're going to be where we go for Oakland here. Um, if if you weren't waiting position, like as quarterback, it's more position, uh, important position than wide receiver. And you're just drafting the guy who you think is the best bet to make multiple Pro Bowls in this draft. Amari Cooper is the first overall pick for me. Yeah, I agree. I just... Um, I understand why Tampa Bay would obviously want the quarterback. Like that makes all the sense in the world. Yeah. But if you're just, if the plan was get the guy who's going to make multiple pro bowls, Amari Cooper's the best. Yeah. I just think Jackson, uh, Jacksonville doesn't uh, need. No, I don't, I don't think they take a receiver either. No, they, they don't need to take a receiver. And this is a deep, 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 deep wide receiver class. Amari Cooper's a special talent though. I'll give you that. And I did have him go into number four to Oakland. Um, other names that are going to kick the right up. Well, apparently Oakland's doing that thing where they can't decide between Amari Cooper or Kevin White because they think Kevin White, th- for some reason in their foolish organization, from what I've been reading, they think Kevin White is the guy who could climb further than Cooper, which I think is dumb, but what say you? <laughs> I, I don't think very much of that particular position either. I think that Cooper is definitely the guy you want. Uh, how many times have we seen the Raiders think too hard about receiver in the draft? Like it's what is this year nine now? Yeah, uh, it's it just if if the Raiders go white over Cooper, I think that goes down. I understand that Crabtree's been hurt, but it goes down as a similar decision to Crabtree over Hayward Bay, uh, or vice versa, and just some of the other weird stuff they've done, especially that position, because you all we all remember how uh, tempted Al Davis always was by speed with receivers, and he was always just drafting the guy who was the quickest and. I understand that's important, but sometimes you got to uh, you got to look for some other things. Um, if if they go with Kevin White over Cooper, I think that would be a very questionable decision. And as someone who has no interest in having his team play Amari Cooper twice a year, uh, I hope that's exactly what happens. Yeah, well, Kevin White is 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 a talent as well, but just, oh, of course he is. I just if think Amari Cooper's on the board and you pick Kevin White, you're an idiot. That's as, right. that's as far I as I think it goes. Cooper's a different level and. I've watched a lot of Cooper. Obviously, he's an SEC player, and I watch a ton of SEC football. And just every week, he does something that's that's great and interesting. And not with awful quarterback play, but with uh, not great quarterback play either. I think that if he goes and gets an NFL-level quarterback, some really, really special things can happen. Um, number five, the Washington Redskins. Uh, they need a lot of help. I have Leonard Williams falling to them at five, and I was going to take them, but you uh, think – Williams is going to go a little earlier, which you yeah, know, it's fine. Um, so, given that in your version Leonard Williams is off the board, who do you have the Washington Redskins taking at number five? Who do you think? Well, they got to find someone that can at least make the quarterback consider the idea of throwing the football before people get open. So, I think that they're going to go with a pass rusher here, and I think Vic Beasley or. Perhaps Fowler, obviously Fowler's still on my board. So we'll say it's we'll say it's Fowler, um, but if Fowler's gonna likely be Vic Beasley. Vic Beasley, just wow! Like like I don't know. Like I'm trying to put this nicely. I but like my brain is not uh, coming up with the proper words. Is there any chance that he could be anything like uh, Tony Mandridge? What do you mean? In terms of the fact that he may or may not be uh, physically enhanced in certain ways. Oh, that. Um, I suppose. Uh, I don't think you could rule that out for any football player. <laughs> so. 
That's true, but I it's just <laughs> human beings aren't supposed to look. The, they don't usually look the way Vic Beasley looks in in uh, a natural sort of way. Um, Fair enough. Yeah, um, I like, have. Yeah, I, yeah. You, so you look at the guy like he's, he's got Hulk Hogan's twenty four inch python. Yeah, allegedly. Uh, this is all. I, let, let me say allegedly. <laughs> like, uh, so I don't get sued. Let me say allegedly. Yeah. Um, let's move. Guy. Yeah, let's move on. I had the Jets taking uh, Vic Beasley. What do you think they're going to be up to? Um, that's a great question. Um, they use a lot of help. There's, there's the names that are getting kicked around is they might go for Kevin White. They might go for Amari Cooper. Obviously we talked about the, yeah, we'll see Kevin White if Cooper has gone. Yeah. About them trading up to, uh, get Mariota possibly, which I, you and I are both on the, uh, we'll get on the soapbox and say that we both think that they should do that. Um, I have the Chicago bears actually taking, Kevin White, um, the other names that are getting kicked around for them are Amari Cooper and Vic Beasley. Um, what about the Bears? Do you think the Bears make any kind of – because the Bears trading up for Marcus Mariota was kicked around a little bit too. I don't think that – if you look at the Bears, that that's a roster that needs a lot of help in a lot of different places. I don't know if you can start burning draft picks in order to fill a position where you already do have a guy, right? Like there there is yeah. a dude there. Um, you may not be thrilled with him, but you're going to have him for at least one more year based on what we've already know. So I don't think you can start making moves to fill a position where you already have somebody when you have a spot where so like there, there are so many spots, excuse me, where you need to do something for the bears. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons at number eight, what do you think they're up to? <sighs> That's a good question. Um, I would think they could, uh, use someone who is on the defensive side of the ball, probably need a pass rusher because that's something that they're not necessarily good at doing. Um, maybe Shane Ray is the guy. Um, he tested positive for marijuana this morning. I'm not sure if you saw that. No, yeah. I hadn't seen that yet. Jesus. Yeah, Shane Ray was out there. He uh, Shane, that cost you a lot of money, dude. Yes, it did. Um, he was considered like a top 10 pick, and he's falling. Because um, when I was writing this out, I had Shane Ray written in my Atlanta Falcons spot. And then when that happened, I... Like, if you can see my, my sheet of paper here, I crossed it out and uh, put Alvin Dupree there, the uh, linebacker from the DE slash linebacker from Kentucky, put him there. Um, Randy Gregory is also a name that's been. I think Randy around. Gregory, to me, if I were the Falcons, I'd be going up to the podium and trying to get Randy Gregory as quick as I could if you're sitting here at eight. Uh, Randy Gregory. And this is going to be the classic guy. I think he's going to be one of those classic guys where lousy combine and he follows a bunch of spots in the draft because of that. But then he gets the NFL and he's good. And people are like, oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot about the college tape. Randy Gregory yeah. played at Nebraska, which is a team I watch regularly um, as a former Nebraska resident. And the dude was noticeable. Very, very, very noticeable every time he was out there. He's a guy that is just one of those dudes who's always in the center of what's going on. And I... I can't for the life of me figure out why there's all like just a, a, a couple of bad combine things. And that's fine. If, if, if I'm the Falcons and Randy Gregory sitting there at eight, I take him. I take him really, 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 really fast. Yeah. Um, Shane Ray was uh, arrested for marijuana possession this morning. Um, that's the official story. The, like and, and you mentioned it earlier about because uh, this is something you and I harp on every year is every year there's a guy who goes in and his combine numbers are mediocre and he drops like 
like five to twelve spots further than he should, and then how about some... the how about uh, Teddy Bridgewater going thirty two last? Year? Exactly. Like, how do like, you think the Minnesota Vikings feel about that right now? Exactly. I, Probably I'm, pretty good. Ex- like every year this happens, a guy doesn't put up, yeah. and then you forget to watch the, the the game tape, and then the game tape is this. Can this guy play football? And then you watch the game tape, and you're like, oh yeah, but oh god, yes, he can play football. And the, it's not just a matter of hey, can he play football, but it's a matter of does he have projectable skills that you can say, oh, yeah, that's how this guy will play in the NFL. These are the things that he'll, he's done at this level that he'll be able to still do in the NFL. And Randy Gregory, it's really, really obvious what those skills are. He's a guy that is powerful, despite the fact that he's got a relatively slender frame. He's a guy that's powerful, and he can get past linemen in a whole lot of different ways. Like, he's, he's good. He, and if I'm the Falcons, I'm taking Randy Gregory. And I'm not asking any questions. He also failed the drug test, though, is also the thing. So yeah, I get two, it. We're suggesting the Atlanta Falcons take two guys who have failed drug tests, but you know what? Yeah, they uh, had a guy that was murdering dogs in his backyard for a while. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> actually, although they never actually once that they, came they, out, they never knew about it when he was technically on the roster. Yeah, whatever. They nipped that in the bud right away. Um, number nine, the New York Giants, and this to me was the second easiest pick next to writing down. Um, uh, James Winston for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. For me, I just have the New York Giants taking one of my personal favorite players in this draft, uh, the tackle from Iowa, Brandon Sheriff. Uh, yeah, I, this just fits like, like a glove. It, it, it's the right spot to take this particular player. This particular player fills a need for this team. Um, and this particular player is a damn good player in his, his position right, from the right. game footage. Right. And th- they need people who can block. And Brandon Sheriff is obviously one of those people. Take him. Now the question's going to be: Do you want him or do you want Eric Flowers? I, I now I I have the St. Louis Rams who have the next pick taking, so I have back-to-back tackles going. Um, I obviously, as a fan of the U, I watched Eric Flowers. I think he's a tremendous player. Um, unfortunately, he is the second best left tackle in this particular draft because Brandon Sheriff to me is just a special talent, and I think Eric Flowers is just like Sheriff's. Uh, to me, Eric Flowers is a nine and Sheriff's a ten. That's just as far here's, as it goes. Here's from what me. I'd say. Um, I think Sheriff's more likely to be a guy that you just know is good and you can just pencil this guy in as like he's a good player on our line and that's that. I think Flowers has a chance to be better than him, though. I think that the upside for Flowers might be just a little bit more than it is. You know what I mean? Uh, oh, oh, yes, yes. Uh, I just, I, I don't it's, know. And, and, so if you're trying finish. to hit the home run and maybe you want the guy who's the Pro Bowl or all pro left tackle, maybe a try for Flowers here. But I can understand why you look at Sheriff. And again, we talk about predictable skills. Um, you just look at what he did at Iowa, and you're like, okay, this is this is the guy we want. And like, I'm not an offensive line play expert by any stretch of the imagination. Like, I, I try my best to watch it during the game and see who's getting beat and see who's not. But I'm not a guy that's uh, gone crazy on the offensive lineman tape. But it's you just when I watched Iowa play enough last year, like it's just it's just obvious that. The, the guy's an NFL-level player, clearly, and you're going to take him, and you're going to not worry about whatever spot you plug him into on the line. Yeah, it's, it's the classic finished product versus the upside argument. Right. I just, uh, I've like, Flowers could obviously climb further than Sheriff in terms of, I just think, for the position that they both play, which is just blocking, uh, saving the quarterback's blind side, I think if it's a toss-up, you just take Sheriff. And I have the, the two guys going back-to-back for... Yeah, the, the Rams taking Flowers. I have the Rams taking Flowers because they're about to... Because, you know, Jake Long, his health was a serious concern. Um, their right tackle, uh, Joseph Robinson. Barksdale, I think, was a free agent. And Greg Robinson, 
their guard is gone too, isn't he? Uh, the Rams have a bunch of different things we need to fill in the offense. Yeah, like the offensive line is a mess for them, so I just have them taking Flowers. And if Sheriff's there, they should take Sheriff. But yeah, I don't know. What about you? Do you, uh, do you think the Rams are going offensive guard? Or the Rams are doing guard? something on the line. Yeah, it's, that it's to me. It, that, that's what you have to do. Yeah, it's you Flowers, to, Sheriff, or Pete. Those are the like, three. I'm minutes. just going to read their their line from left to right. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, as of right now, Greg Robinson, fine. Roger Saffold, oh, sure. Uh, Tim Barnes, Barrett Jones, and Brandon Washington. Um, there's a couple of question marks, at least on that. Uh, other than Robinson, how sure are you about any of those guys? Uh, so offensive line is clearly the need spot here. And that's where I think they should go. Because if you look at the rest of this team, like this team's pretty good. Yes. Their defense is very, very, very Here's good. T- can they trade for Philip Rivers, the St. Louis Rams? That'd be super awesome. Yeah. Like they, like, uh, why not I, I, I don't right? think that the Chargers are trading Rivers, though, unless Mariota is what comes back. That's true. Yeah. Um, number 11, the Minnesota Vikings. A lot of ways they could go with this particular draft. The sexiest pick that they could obviously make on Thursday when it's, you know, the Minnesota Vikings are on the clock. Devontae if, Parker. Devontae Parker. No, no, no. Like Devontae oh, you want Parker. them to take Trey Wayne? No, I do not. One second. I want them to get up there, and I want uh, Roger Goodell to get up there. I want him to tear the tape. I want him to take kind of a quick look at it, and I want them to go with the 11th pick of the NFL draft, the Minnesota Vikings select running back Todd Gurley. Oh. Because then everybody would go, oh, what's about God. to happen now? Yeah, exactly. That would be the uh, sexiest pick. But you mentioned it earlier. Devontae Parker um, is the. Um, Reigns is what they should do. To me, yes, absolutely. Because you put him next to uh, Xavier Rhodes and you shut everything down. And Devontae Parker was obviously the pick that everybody had penciled in before they added Mike Wallace. I think adding Mike Wallace means that you no longer need Devontae Parker, as awesome as it would be to. Put him together with his Louisville product, uh, with his Louisville battery mate, I guess to borrow a baseball term. Um, Trey Waynes, though, is absolutely the guy that they should take, and uh, he's the guy I, I have the Vikings taking. But if they get up there and say Todd Gurley, I will, I will freak out. <laughs> I, I think they should take Waynes. I think Waynes is the best, and and just about all the mocks that I've seen have them taking one of Parker or Waynes. Um, yeah, which is the Waynes wheelhouse. Is the I think that Waynes is a. If, if you look at the type of guy that Trey Waynes is, um, he's another one of those guys where you look at it and say, this is this is clearly how this guy projects into an NFL player. Like, it's pretty obvious what the skills are. And, you know, he's, he's six foot one and he's he's athletic and he's a guy that can, you know, run with the, the, the quickest receivers down the field. He's got a lot of different skills that obviously project into becoming a very good NFL corner. Um, I and think he, Wayne should be the guy. That, 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 it, it, it's, just, it's a smart way to go. And, and uh, Michigan State obviously had this great defense this year, and he was one of the reasons why um, Wayne should be the pick here. That, that's who I'd pick up higher than. I understand why it's tempting to take Parker, but if you look at their receiving group right now, you don't look at it and say, oh, my God, this absolutely has to have somebody or there absolutely have to be somebody that gets added in here. Because you go out and you trade for Mike Wallace, which, fine, at least gives you a deep threat. 
Uh, Jerry is right. Not a bad player that you don't look at him and say, Oh, this is a guy that turned a few heads last year. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Charles Johnson was a guy that, you know, he made a couple of plays last year. I don't know if he's going to be able to be counted on consistently. Cordero Patterson's still part of this. That's the guy who's got to figure it out. Right. And if Cordero Patterson figures it out, I don't know how badly you need Devante Parker. Exactly. Uh, Cordero Patterson has to decide if he wants to be good. That's that's as far as it goes. And I like Parker's talent a lot. Uh, but I think that for Minnesota, it makes sense to go get Wayne's here. And the reality is the Minnesota Vikings have a chance to be really good this year. Oh God. Yes. And not just this year, but in the next few years to come, if you look at some of the young building blocks on this roster, some guys who are young and good and locked into good contracts, a bar looks like he's pretty good. Uh, obviously Harrison Smith is pretty good. Xavier Rhodes, um, Sherry Floyd. Like, there is a lot to like about this roster. And Bridgewater is the the biggest part of the whole thing. There's a lot to like about this roster. The, so I think that you go out and you take probably the best player on the board. I think Waynes is the best player on the board. So you go out and take him and don't worry about it. And I just take him because he fills the need and he's the best player on the board. That's a good combination. And you can I, – I don't know what the plan would be for cornerback then. You have – you put Waynes and uh, Xavier Rhodes as your right and left corners, and you line up Newman on the inside or something, or Munderland or whoever it happens to be. doesn't matter. But then all of a sudden, if your quarterback group is Trey Waynes, Xavier Rhodes, Terrence Newman, Captain Munderland, that's not bad. You can make that work. Oh, absolutely. Especially, and you got to remember, there's a guy you've got to face two times a year. Aaron Rodgers. Um, who's named Aaron Rodgers. And Matt Stafford, I mean – not one of the top 10 quarterbacks in the league or anything, but he can chuck the ball around a little bit too. And he does have that. Calvin Johnson's on his team. Calvin Johnson's on his team. Um, and they got those two guys there. And uh, although Brandon Marshall's actually gone now, he's on the jets. Um, uh, and you know what? Trey Waynes is a cornerback with dreadlocks and it's always cool to have a cornerback with dreadlocks on your team. Um, you and I like the best part about uh, the NFL draft, like is once it's over, we pretty much immediately get our over-unders uh, yeah. right after. And I have a feeling you and I are going to take a long, hard look at the Minnesota Vikings over-under because that has the potential to be like a silver star, you know, blue ribbon special for you and me. When, wh- at what point do you have to start thinking about whether the over is a good idea? Is it nine and a half? I would think so, yeah. Well, actually, for me, ten and a half would be – if it's nine and a half, I think the Vikings can win ten games. If it's ten and a half – I think they can. Me, I just don't think it's a slam dunk bet. No. If it's but, nine and a half. Where if it's eight and a half, I feel really good about them going nine and seven. True. I, I think I think it opens up at nine and a half, and I take the over and give them the benefit of the doubt. Because, I, to be honest, I think the Lions are going to be atrocious this year. Oh, the Vikings, I think, are the second-best team in the NFC North. Yeah. I, I very much do believe that. Um, speaking of atrocious teams, uh, number 12, the Cleveland Browns. Um, I just have them taking, like, uh, they need a lot of help. If one of Flowers or um, Shre- or Sheriff is still on the board, they should probably take one of those guys. But a lot of the mocks... Um, have them taken Danny Shelton, and I completely agree with that. The nose tackle out of Washington. Andres Pete. Andres Pete's another guy, the left tackle that they could take. Um, and you, the right side, because left tackle you're fine at. Right side, yeah, sorry. Uh, I understand he plays left tackle now, I know, but like, yes, when sorry. you guess to Cleveland, would be playing on the right side. Exactly. Um, yeah, I think uh, I for them, it's either take the guys or go get 
day. Like if the, all those offensive tackles, like if you're really in love with Andres Pete, go get him because by God, you need help on that off, on the right side. Uh, Danny Shelton could help them out because you know. Well, they have a hard time stopping stopping people. Yeah, they can't get anything going. Um, New Orleans Saints. Um, a lot of the mocks have them taking Shane Ray, which I think this morning was a possibility. But uh, I don't know. Do you think the Saints still take a chance on Shane Ray at uh, number 13? Doesn't it seem like something they would do? Yes, <laughs> it really does. Um, I had them. I had him falling, or Shane Ray kind of in this range. I'm not sure if I had him falling as far as 13, but if he's there, I don't see any reason why the Saints wouldn't take him, and it does seem like something that they would do. Although the Saints might also trade out of this spot. They're one of those teams that likes to wheel and deal on uh I could see them drafting. trading down. I can see them actually trading either way, but I think down is more likely. They have a bunch of extra picks, but I could see them being like, you know what, we need more. Because you have to look at their disastrous salary cap situation and think to yourself, you know what, wait a second, we need as much cheap labor as we can possibly get our hands on here. So why don't we just trade down, collect a couple extra picks and go from there? And if there's some team, uh, under this scenario, if there's some team that likes uh, – I don't know who's uh, some team likes Devonte Parker, for example, who's still on the board in this scenario. Or if some team says we got to go get Todd Gurley, we got to make sure we get Todd Gurley, and they don't want uh, Miami to have a swing in him first, which maybe they would take him. Who's to say? Uh, this might be a spot where you can make a trade if someone wants to get up and get um, and, and get, say, like Gurley or Parker or whoever it happens to be. Yeah, um, in our scenario. So far, Trey Waynes is also is gone already, but right. uh, this would be uh, like if Trey Waynes is there for the Saints, they should. If Trey Waynes is there, this is a spot for Trey Waynes. So obviously, if Waynes is on the board here, that's something that the Saints would do, in my estimation. But I don't think that he will be. So I'm going to say that maybe trading down here would be the option. Like I said, just because he is there, there are some offensive guys you can come up and get here, Parker or whoever. But no, I think Shane Ray. Uh, fits pretty well here, so I think Shane Ray's the guy. If if the Saints keep the pick, I could see them trading down, but if the Saints keep the pick, I think Shane Ray's the guy. Uh, number fourteen, the Miami Dolphins. Um, uh, to me, this is a skill position. This is going to be where one of the skill position guys come off the boards. Could be Todd Gurley or Devontae Parker. I have them taking Devontae Parker. Obviously, much like the Saints, if Trey Waynes happens to be there at fourteen, the Dolphins will be more than happy to snatch him up. But I don't think Waynes is going to be there. So I, I feel like Todd Gurley's the pick here. What say you? I think uh, I think it's going to be Parker. Yeah, that's also a possibility. I, they need help. I understand they, they get somebody. Penny Stills. I get I get that that's part of it. But yeah. It just feels to me like that receiving core could still be upgraded and Parker might be a way to do that. Uh, what do you think the San Francisco 49ers are doing at pick 15? Is there a team in football that in 365 days has had the opinion about them change so dramatically as the 49ers? No. It, it, like, it, I, honestly, it's everything. They've gone everything. from – they were one of the scariest teams that you didn't want to face in the league to that now they look like a complete, complete joke and might be headed for a top-five pick next year. Yeah, really, really bad. Um, to review the year, they have forced out – I think it's pretty fair to say one of the three best – men in the world at coaching an NFL football team, right? 
Oh, you easily. put him in with his brother and Bill Belichick. It, those are the three best head football coaches on the planet right now. I would say so. I mean, on on a good year, you'd throw in uh, 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 Pittsburgh guy. Why can't I remember Mike his Tomlin. name? Mike Tomlin. Thank you. I was going to say Mike Singletary, but that was yeah, way off because I got that's a very awful forty nine. Uh, I know. I got I got Frisco on the brain right now. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. Maybe you can talk about Tomlin and you can talk about Sean Payton if you want. I guess I don't know. But I think that when you talk about the consistent results that those guys are able to put together, if you want someone to be the head coach of your football team, those are the three people that you want. Completely agree. And, and they had one of them, and they thought, well, we don't need him anymore. That feels like a bad plan. And the, yeah, and the fact that he went to college feels so like, strange, you know? Like, like, Good news if you're a Michigan fan, though. Yeah, it's great news if you're a Michigan fan or if you're the, you know, the plantation owners up there in Michigan. They get to make all the money off of those kids. Um, but Here's it, what I'll say about Harbaugh, the college coach, though. Yeah. Is... Harbaugh, the college coach, um, I think he's going to be one of those guys that, like, goes to the wall for his players. You know what I mean? And I understand that, you know, there's going to be the whole aspect of the NCAA making money off the guys and they can't make money and that sort of thing. But I think he's going to be one of those guys that, you know, is, you know, it's, it's all about the family and, and, the, and the, like, just goes to the wall for his players at every single chance because that's just the sort of dude that he is. You know what I mean? And he's obviously a prick to people sometimes. That's part of the deal. But I don't think he's going to be one of those the, those coaches that like mistreat the players and sort of cast them aside. You know what I mean? Exactly. I think it's going to be a disguise than that, but I agree. We, we can talk about Harbaugh, the college coach later as for the 49ers, they don't have Harbaugh, the NFL coach anymore. That's bad news for the 49ers. They have a dude who looks like he's confused that they didn't even want originally. They wanted to give the job to Adam Gase. They said to Adam Gase, you can have the job. If you make Jim Tomasulu, your defensive coordinator, Gase said, no, thanks. I want to hire my own people. And that was the end of that. And all of a sudden, Thomas Hewlett said, Coach and Gates is working with, uh, with with John Fox in Chicago. But I I look at the 49ers here. They've, they've lost Justin Smith, obviously, which, you know, whatever. They lose Patrick Willis, which is a huge, devastating loss. The guy they thought was Patrick Willis' replacement decides he doesn't want to play football anymore. And, hey, good for him. Uh, if Chris Bullen wants to do that, that's fine. But now all of a sudden, this is a team that is in a real, real lousy spot. I think they're going to take Perriman. Yes. I... I think that that is the guy that fits. Because I know they went out and got Torrey Smith. But look at the rest of the receivers on that roster. doesn't feel like they're particularly good to me. And I, I think their careers back that up. So I think Perriman's the guy that goes here. Yeah, a lot of people mock and Perriman. Most of the mocks seem to have them taking uh, Bashard Perriman or Eric Armstead. I could go either way on those two. Um, I just, if you're asking me, I go, I go with Perriman. I just think that they need to get because also this could and be this the year. This scenario where Parker's not there anymore. Yeah. Um, if, if Parker's still on the board, they'd likely take him, but I think Perriman's the way to go. This also, they need to get a receiver type receiver because i mean vernon davis has been good but he has a tendency to disappear from time to time because they've got to figure out what's going on with kaepernick and this could be the year where we find out if colin kaepernick is going to stay in nfl quarterback or not um yeah um absolutely it is um and i think you have if you're the 49ers because you've invested some money in this guy don't you want to give him the tools to figure out if he's good you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Right. Like, and he, who, his best wide receiver in his time there has been Crabtree, who was always injured. Right. 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 
Uh, another guy that we haven't uh, we, we haven't had go in our mock yet is Dupree from Kentucky. Yes. Um, who was going higher in some of some of the the ones that I've seen online? Um, maybe he goes there. The Niners need everything. Yes. So, like it's there. There's no position that they can't take. It's so, so weird. Like like what? If, like if you're like, a Niners we're, we're fan, getting, like eating everything in 365 days. It's it's unbelievable. Like and I, if I'm a Niners fan, I'm honestly sick to my stomach about the fact that Harbaugh lost that power struggle. I'm sick to my stomach because you yeah. look up down the organization, you're like, okay, who's the who's the guy that we can least afford to lose? And I'm including players here. Harbaugh was the guy. And you let him just walk away over a pissing contest. Unbelievable. Yeah. And, like, I often joke, like, sports joke about, like, when my, like, certain play uh, teams are playing that I just wish that a bomb would go off in the stadium so that that team no longer exists. Sports joke. I don't actually wish that to happen. That's essentially what's happened for the San Francisco 49ers in the last year. Yeah. Like, it, it's essentially the equivalent of if a bomb went off and, like, if Bane showed up on their football field and killed everybody and then... They're like, hey, where'd everybody go? Right? right. Like, it's insane. Um, Not good. The Houston Texans at number 16, they could be a landing spot for Todd Gurley. They could be a landing spot for Todd Gurley. I could see them going with Dupree as well. Yeah. Um, I They're... think that if they, let's say they go with Bud Dupree, um, you add him to that front seven, which has Will Fork and a couple other guys. And who's the other guy they have in that front seven? Good football player. JJ oh, Watt. JJ yeah. Watt. Yeah, that yeah. guy. That monster. Yeah. Right. Yes. Um, the guy that needs three blockers for every play. Yeah, him. Yeah. Uh, you had Dupree and say, you're going to just have to beat people one on one every time. It feels like. It feels like he can do that. Well, so are they gonna, I, think, I think that that might be the way to go. They're going to. Are they going to switch to a fourth or to a three four with uh, Vince Wilfork now? I think they're going to do the four three and just have Will Fork suck up blockers and play him next to Watt every time they can. Yeah, that's well. Neither is uh, it, it's nice to have those kind of options, you know. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> like, should, guys, should we switch to a four three? Yeah, no, we're we're good enough. Like, like that one guy who commands, you know, yeah. four blockers every freaking snap, you know. Um, San Diego Chargers. I had them taking. Uh, this is where I had Andrus Pete going because uh, Philip Rivers. It's been you know, documented for many years now that this has been a place where like, like Rivers has been getting beat down for a long time now. They've addressed that a little bit in free agency. A little bit, yes. Not exactly, not enough. I, I think I have them going out and getting Andrews Pete, the offensive tackle out of Stanford. Uh, other names getting kicked around for them are pretty much the other um, offensive tackles like Eric Flowers and some mocks has been available that uh, Lyle Collins, is that how you pronounce his first name? Yep. Lael Collins uh, has been talked around. Todd Gurley was a potential uh, San Diego Chargers spot, although... I think that fits. It does fit. It does fit. I'm not going to... Although I think the San Diego Chargers have had their fill of uh, running backs with injury questions. Fair enough. Um, Kansas City Chiefs at number 18. What do you think they're going to be up to? Oh, there's a whole lot of different things they could do. Um what do I what do I want for Kansas City? I'm just I I like Kevin Johnson, the cornerback for them. Yeah, that makes Personally. sense. Uh, yeah. And and that's um, actually yeah, I think that's what they're going to want. They they, they kind of have to do that because if if you look at their their two big games the last two years against Denver in both cases um, that they've lost, um, and before Manning got hurt, Manning was just able to look into that secondary and always find somebody who wasn't good enough to be there. Yeah. And take advantage of that. They've, they've got to find a way to make sure that doesn't happen. 
um, and that might be the way to do it. But yeah, there's there there there's a good reason for the take uh, from the take Johnson. And and you know what, San Diego has the same sort of thing going on because you remember what happened with them last year. All of a sudden they uh, they they lost a corner. They lost Jason Barrett in the game against Denver. And before you, you, you then you blank, and all of a sudden Emmanuel Sanders had three touchdowns. So um, maybe that's something that San Diego could do. But I think Kansas City definitely needs to do it. Does Kansas City, if one of the wide receivers that we mentioned like i think we've got three or four wide receivers gone at this point if one of those three or four wide receivers happens to fall to 18 is it time for them to go out and get a skill position pass catcher so that their only pass catcher isn't bleeping jamal well, charles who they got to move out of well, the they went out and got Jeremy Mac. that's true but i mean macklin that's why I'm, i think that's not as big a need as it was i don't know like i i'd still like to see them go out and get Somebody, although so, they do have the uh, tight end who was uh, pretty good last Travis year. Kelsey's pretty Travis Kelsey. You, you look at Brashad Perryman in, in, in our scenario, he's already gone. You look at Parker in our scenario, I think he's already gone. It's just, you know, it, I have a feeling that if they stay at that spot, they're not going to be able to get Perriman or Parker and obviously not uh, White or um, White or Cooper. Yeah, and it's too early to take Philip Dorsett. So, yeah, they should probably just go ahead and take Kevin Jones. Or, or you trade there. down. Or yeah, if they feel like they need, I guess okay. maybe I they're just, maybe they're the team that trades up with New Orleans. We're talking about that uh, yeah. thirteen pick for the Saints being one where some action could happen. Maybe they're the team that trades up with New Orleans. Who's that's the see, you know, that's the first thing that you've said that made sense all podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> that's not true, but that is so. A, like, like, yeah, like hypothetically, let's say that they really yeah. like Parker and Minnesota doesn't take Parker. Isn't that something that makes a whole lot of sense for Kansas City to go up and go get Parker at thirteen because he's not lasting? Until 18, there's no way that's going to happen. So, I, I like it so much, I hope that it happens. Um, Cleveland Browns at 19. Uh, I think this is where your boy DJ Humphreys ends up. What do you What do you think? I hope not. No? <laughs> I just think that he's quick enough and skilled enough that he could do the zone blocking thing that Denver does. Oh, you're hoping he falls to your boys? Right. Okay. Right. Uh, I, I don't know if that's necessarily a likely scenario, but that, that I've seen some situations that occurs. Uh, no, I think that they maybe go with a, a tackle here, maybe a defensive tackle. Maybe this is where Eric Armstead winds up. I understand yeah. that he's kind of a hybrid, but they the, the Browns need defensive line help badly, so that might be a spot for him. Uh, number 20, the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm going to go ahead and say that they uh, – I'm going to make a prediction. I'm going to say they trade out of 20. I don't know if it's up or down. <laughs> but they're not making the pick. But they're not making this pick. Um if they do, um, they got to, like, um, some of the names that are getting kicked around, like I said, like if uh, Kevin Johnson's there, they should absolutely take Kevin Johnson. But um, sure. if Kevin Johnson's not there, then Byron Jones is another cornerback that they should take a look at. Um, I don't think that, honestly, I don't think that they're going to take this pick. Um, what do you think they're going to do? I think they'll make the pick. But they'll probably go way off the board because Chip Kelly thinks he's super smart. Yeah, that's... you know what I mean. Like I don't want to sit here and predict what they're going to do. Yeah. Um, they need help at a lot of spots. The secondary is definitely one of those spots. Maybe this is a Landon Collins spot. Yeah, could be. Um, uh, I forgot about Doriel Green Beckham. I was going to mention him earlier. When... Oh sure, yeah, he could definitely been one of the Kansas City picks. Yeah, that and was you know what? Say. Wide receiver could absolutely be a, a Philadelphia thing here because look at the receiver depth chart. In Philadelphia right now, maybe Jalen Strong from from Arizona State goes there. Yeah, maybe as you mentioned, uh, Doriel Green Beckham. The, the
the mocks all have Philadelphia. I'm looking at like currently I'm looking at three or four mocks. The mocks all have them throwing around all the wide receiver names, the Doriel Green Beckhams, the Jalen Strongs. Um, I forget how you pronounce his last name, the wide receiver from uh, USC, Nelson Aglahor. Aglahor. I don't remember how you pronounce his last name. Do you remember? How's that last name go? Do you know? Uh, Aglahor. Yeah, I, I should know that, but I don't off the top of my head. Yeah, me neither. Um, it's Philip Dorsett's been kicked around because, you know, uh, sure. Chip Kelly will like might be maybe this just, is a Jalen Collins spot. Yeah. Could be a Jalen Collins spot. Um, There's a lot of things that could happen here. Yeah. I no no scenario is like, like the Eagles have reached the, uh, the Tyson zone copyright, Bill Simmons, where anything that they do, you'd be like, man, they're crazy. Like they got Tim Tebow on there for God's sake. Oh yeah, that's right. And we like, uh, you remember how we used to joke about how, um, Tim Tebow should be like a red zone quarterback. How um, uh, when he was on Denver and Denver had Randy Orton uh, and or uh, like and Kyle Randy Orton. Orton, we used to say he should be a Kyle, Orton. Kyle Orton. Sorry, Randy <laughs> Orton's a wrestler. Randy Orton out there giving people the RKOs. When they had Kyle Orton, we used to joke that he should be a 2020 quarterback, and that means that he should be working just in between the 20s. And then when it got to the red zone, they should bring in. Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow to, you know, bang it on home. There's a very good chance that the Eagles actually do that. With... That'd be so fucking... Oh, that'd be so cool. Yeah, that would be so <laughs> awesome. Feel free to cuss on this podcast. Yeah. I don't know if we'll get you in trouble on your other show. But, um, Cincinnati yeah, I, Bengals. I, 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 yeah. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> uh, no, nothing. I got nothing to say. Cincinnati Bengals, let's go. Uh, Cincinnati Bengals, um, you know, if Gregory falls... Which I still like Gregory Falls at 21. Why would you even say that? Um, Jordan Phillips, that could be a guy that they take. Um, Dorio Green Beckham, put him next to uh, AJ Green. We'll be able to I make think s- that if Green and Sanu, you're probably fine with that spot. That's okay. true. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I was more. I, I just think there are other. I, I, I get the Dorio Green Beckham's a good player. I just think there are other needs on this particular team. That yeah. I was just enamored with the fact that if you get Dorio Green Beckham and AJ Green, you'll be able to make you know, green puns on your fantasy teams all day. Yeah. I was maybe a little blinded by that. Uh, what do you think Bengals will be up to? Defensive line, I think. Yeah. If they're not going receiver, I think defensive line. Yeah, so, so you're probably agreeing. Maybe it's Malcolm Brown. Jordan maybe it's Phillips. Eddie Goldman. One of those guys. Yeah, Eddie Goldman's a good pick. Um, I'm just looking at, like, there's there's a whole lot of different things that could hypothetically happen in that particular spot. Um there, there, yeah, there are some things that could that could happen here for for the Bengals. I think defensive line is the the position that they need the most, though. Like, it's not that it's uh, a mess there. Like, the, if you look at this football team, there aren't a lot of pressing needs. It's pretty good, but defensive line. Um, number twenty-two, the Philadelphia or the, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, I had this as my third easiest pick because I think they just go ahead and take that safety lead and Collins and he slides in where Troy Polamalu once was and the Steelers go about their business like they normally do. That seems like something they would do. Um, if, if Collins there, I think that this is a really, really sensible pick. Um, Shaq Thompson. What a great name. <laughs> that is a great name. That is a great but name for the Shaq Pittsburgh Thompson. Steelers. Doesn't it seem like just a guy like who should be playing for the Steelers? It absolutely does. And it's a great name. Like, you can see, like, like you, you, like I can hear myself and, you know, showing my son, like, NFL films clips in, like, 15 years. And it's like, you know, the 
Pittsburgh Steelers who had great guys like Jack Hammer and <laughs> Troy Palomalu. Troy Palomalu. Shaq Thompson. Shaq Thompson. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. All those guys. All, yeah. Mean Joe Green. Right? And Shaq Thompson. Shaq Thompson. Kevin Green. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 yeah. it makes all the sense in the world. Shaq Thompson is a great Steeler name. Not just because of his name, but just because of the way he plays football. Yeah, absolutely. It yeah. just seems like he's a guy who maybe should be playing for Pittsburgh. Um, I was hoping that Shaq Thompson would be available at number 23 for my Detroit Lions, but based on the fact that they need an enormous amount of help all of a sudden at defensive tackle, having not needed it over the last six years. Malcolm Brown. Yeah, Malcolm Brown. That Malcolm Brown has to be the pick. If he's there, it's got to be. I've seen some mocks that have them taking Melvin Gordon. If they take Melvin Gordon and Malcolm Brown is, is on the board, we're going to have to have an emergency pod. Otherwise, I might end up just jumping out of window. Melvin Gordon's really good. Yeah, I know, but like, uh, scoring is not going to be the Lions' problem. Let's let's put it that way. Like, it's, are they going to be able to prevent? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'll probably talk myself into it after watching a couple of Melvin Gordon clips, but you know how I feel about watch his highlight tape from the game against Nebraska this past season. Yeah, like he watch that him. and then yeah, and then see how you feel about Melvin. That Gordon was the was that the four hundred yard game? Yes, it was. Yeah, um, yeah. that could be fun. I watched uh, that entire game and I, I just like with my jaw on the floor for the entirety of it. I'm like, oh wait a minute, they're going to him again. Oh wait a minute, he's got another touchdown. Yeah. Speaking of who game. should take Melvin Gordon. Number 24, the Arizona Cardinals. I had them taking Melvin Gordon. What do you think? Sure, yeah. Uh, they should take one of Gordon or Gurley. Yeah. They, like, they've got everything else. This was another team that I, I figured they, that they, they don't have. Ellington, I, I understand that Ellington's got a lot of skill. Can't stay on the board or in the field. Right. And he, he doesn't have the body still, of a still guy. Use, what, sorry? And you can still use him. He, he well, of course you can. Back. There's all sorts of ways that you could use a guy as talented as Andre Ellington, but to use him as your running back who touches the ball 20-something times a game, you're just asking for trouble. Yeah, like they were using him at the goal line last year, which is just like – and like goal line backs in general are kind of dumb, but for guys like Andre Ellington, you, you look there and you're like, yeah, we can't be using Andre Ellington at the goal line. <laughs> like We're going to yeah. get him killed. Uh, Carolina Panthers, uh, this is where I had uh, Jalen Strong going because – the thought of putting Jalen Strong next to Kelvin Benjamin just makes me warm and fuzzy inside as far as uh, fantasy purposes. This was also a Shaq Thompson. Uh, no, I, I think both of those picks are wrong. You think so? <laughs> I, I, I think that the Carolina Panthers, if they don't select a tackle with this pick, there's something seriously wrong. Yeah, I guess you're right. It's they just, have to take an offensive lineman, otherwise something has gone seriously awry. Yeah, I guess. And it's maybe just, it's maybe it's DJ Humphreys. I don't know. Maybe it's you know whoever is left on the board. Maybe it's Cameron Irving. I don't care. I understand that Irving's an interior guy, but they need all the spots. So who cares? Um, this is where an offensive lineman has to has to has to go. If you ask me. Yeah, I guess you're right. It's just when I was filling this out, I had all the good offensive tackles going and I are gone, and I was just kind of looking at Panthers, and I was just kind of saying, well, c'est la vie. I mean, I realize we need an offensive tackle, but there's no one here that we should take with 25, so I guess I just had them taking Shaq Thompson right. and put uh, him if, next if, to if, uh, if they don't think there's a, there's a tackle here that's right for 25, you trade down. Yeah, that's And then also you get true. a tackle later in the draft. Yeah, it, you, you're, you're, The first time that the Panthers go to the podium, offensive line is such a need. It has to be an offensive lineman. 
Yeah. It has to be an offensive lineman the first time. Yeah. That's why I bring you on these podcasts to remind me of these things. Yeah. Uh, Baltimore Ravens. Jeez. I, I think like this is a the Ravens. I think are a team that should just sit there and go, who's the best player on the board. Yeah. Because they're always right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Um, and they don't yeah, have a lot of there isn't, and you look at the roster too. Like maybe receivers in need. Yeah. Um, but there isn't something where so you, you look at like, oh, spot. they have to get one of like a guy who plays this spot because there isn't a weak spot because they're so gosh darn good at drafting football players. Um. So yeah, that's yeah. what you do. I, I just, I think, I think receivers where you go. So maybe it is, you know, whichever receivers left out of the ones we've already been discussing. Philip Dorsett, maybe. Maybe it's Philip Dorsett. Maybe it's Doriel Green Beckham. But I think receiver is what you do here. Yeah. Um, and like the idea is like as far as your above average NFL receivers, you have 36 year old Steve Smith, and that's it. So yes. you got to do something. If Philip Dorsett goes to the Baltimore Ravens, that's going to swing a lot of fantasy leagues, I think. Right. Right. Uh. Everybody's favorite team, number 27. How about them Cowboys? What do you yeah, think? Yeah, something. Yeah. Um, defense, best defensive player available. Doesn't matter which position yeah. he plays. Uh, a lot of the names kicking around, Byron Jones, Jalen Collins, Marcus Peters, all the quarterbacks. I think Jones is the guy that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, if he's, if he's, unless there's a quarterback of, of better ilk that has right. fallen, Byron Jones could easily be. It's definitely, I think, like uh, all the mocks have, Collins, Peters, or Jones there, and uh, it's basically signifying the Cowboys need to go ahead and get themselves a uh, cornerback. All right, number 28. Oh, yeah, uh, this team. Uh, this team, Denver Broncos. I'm going to go ahead and uh, let you say your piece on what, what you think the Denver Broncos should do. Exactly what I said about Carolina. It has to be alignment, offensive. Has to be. So I guess you got Cameron Irving circled on your. Uh, that would be my best case scenario. I would be thrilled if that's what comes to pass. Absolutely thrilled. Nah, yeah, you lost. I, I think you're in the yeah, exact same situation as Carolina. Eric Kendricks from UCLA. If, if they're not going to go lineman, yeah. Eric Kendricks from UCLA is someone, because middle linebacker is something that they should be talking about. And you switch to a 3-4 now. Yeah. Um, and, and they don't have enough middle linebackers, I don't think, to do that properly. So that's something you talk about. But to me, offensive line is the biggest need they have right now. Offensive line was and, – and the, the line was the biggest problem they had this past season. It just wasn't good enough. And that's obviously not the exclusive reason that Manning got hurt, but no. it wasn't good enough. So um, I think that's a spot you got to improve. What do you think about your Denver Broncos this year? Like, just what, what, do, you, what do you think the, the, the ceiling is for them? Is it, is it Super Bowl again? The AFC. Winning the AFC? Who's better than them? I don't know. Off the top of my head, the only team I would say with any sort of confidence is um, Patriots. The Revisless Patriots? Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I don't know how that secondary holds up against healthy Peyton Manning, but we'll see. That's true. And it, I understand that healthy Peyton Manning is not a certainty to be around, but I don't think that secondary is particularly good. And remember, that was their big weakness for the years before they got Revis is Every single time there was always some sort of trouble in the with the back end of that defense, and they just couldn't find guys to fill that spot. Revis comes in for a year and he plays at an all pro level, and that's gone, and that's great, and that's why they won the Super Bowl. But Revis isn't part of this anymore. Yeah, I agree. I'm I'm gonna take a look at the Broncos. I'm hoping that people get uh, scared 
about uh well well first off scale of one to ten how worried are you about Peyton Manning um seven yeah uh, no actually no I don't even know if seven seven would be too high six no, I was um, gonna say I thought seven we play in a league right now where you're not allowed to hit guys like Peyton Manning or Tom Brady or it's Aaron Rodgers that makes me feel better about this so I'm I, I'm worried but not like crazy worried I just look at this AFC. Like, in the NFC, I think that Denver – like, I don't think Denver would be as good as the Packers, obviously. I don't think they're as good as the Seahawks. Um, there's a couple other teams that I'd be a little more concerned about on the NFC. Hell, maybe even the Cowboys. Like, the Cowboys have a chance to be good, I think. Um, in in the AFC, though, I look at a badly damaged New England defense. Remember, Vince Wilfork used to be part of that defense, too. Now he's no longer part that, – that, like, that's – like, Denver wasn't the only team losing dudes. Um so, and then I look at the rest of the AFC. Like I, I know they're the best team in the AFC West, especially if San Diego trades Rivers. Oh, absolutely. Uh, like, are they, they? They might be worse than the Colts. Uh, the Colts are pretty good, and they've just gone out and added some dudes. And plus, they have Andrew Luck, and no one else does. I'm hoping when when we get the over unders, I'm hoping that people get scared off Denver's of ten and a half or something silly. yeah and denver's like a ten and a half or something stupid that's what i'm that's I'm, i got my fingers uh, crossed for that one the three peyton manning years so far they've gone 13 13 12 so yeah no i'm just hoping i think like there's a good chance that the betting public drags that line down thinking like oh man like like if it don't let's say it opens up at like 11 and a half i can see the den- the betting public betting that down to 10 and a half because they might just yeah. go like oh my yeah. god there's no way Peyton Manning's going to stay healthy all year bet 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 right and then i hope it gets down to 10 and a half here's something else they did that's i think is flying under the radar a little bit mm-hmm. wade phillips is the defense version of norv turner yes you want him coaching you, your you want defense. him be your defensive coordinator yes that's good news you don't want wade phillips being your head coach that's bad news but denver doesn't have him as the head coach they have Gary Kubiak as the head coach, which is fine. Do you want Gary Kubiak as your head coach, though? (laughs) I'm not against it. No, Um, I wouldn't be either. But like, I I don't think that he's one of the like the five best guys in the imagination. But I think that he'll work well with the front office. And I don't, I I don't think he'll use his timeouts as poorly as John Fox did. (laughs) Um, And plus, when it comes to like the the in game decisions and management and stuff like that, um, Manning Manning does all that stuff anyway. So I'm not I'm not stressing about Kubiak when it comes to that particular thing. Um. Yeah, it just although this is the second quarterback you've had in a row with heart problems, so I don't know if uh, or the second coach you've had in a row with oh, heart problems. Say, I don't, I don't yeah. recall Manning no. or Tebow having. No, a heart sorry, Manning, Manning had a neck injury. I meant to say yeah. coach there. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I get that. I, I hope that's not obviously something like. Yeah, that was scary because that Kubiak thing happened on like a Monday night. Didn't it? It was like a Monday night game, and it was like all of a sudden, like they just scored a big play, and then all of a sudden, like they were jogging into the yeah thing, and then he collapsed. I'm like, that was scary. It was a Thursday night, actually. But it was a it was a National League game. Like it was it was definitely a, it was either a Thursday or a Sunday night game. It was definitely a, a game where it was the only game that was on. Yeah. Um, the Indianapolis Colts at 29. Um, Landon Collins. I had uh, in my mock. I had the uh, Steelers taking him. He that that's a decent spot for them. This is another team that needs offensive line help, though. Yeah, maybe They're, they go Irving if. Uh, yeah, if he's there. Still there. I hope he doesn't get past Denver, but yeah, maybe that's yeah. what happens. Um, um, a lot of teams that need offensive line help. It's a very. It's a good thing. It's a deep, deep like offensive tackle draft because so many teams are like, boy, we got to protect our QB. Yeah, that's important. 
Um, maybe this is a spot for Eddie Goldman. Yeah, I, I, I'm not prepared to rule that out. Um, yeah, you have to, like, think about how they've lost the last two years. Yeah, just... With LeGarrette Blunt just going up the middle over and over and over again. Yeah, it's weird. So maybe also I, weird sometimes because you, oh, yeah. you got games like, hey, LeGarrette Blunt had four touchdowns in a playoff game. Um, yeah, it's certainly very weird. And I think that you've got to find a way to stop that if you're the Colts and having guys that are tougher to move. Um, that uh, that's for the best, and Golden's tougher to move. Ah, uh, the Green Bay Packers at number thirty. I have them taking Eric Kendricks, and I have them saying Eric Kendricks, and then I have me crying. Yeah, that because <laughs> a classic uh, Packers. Thing. Yeah, it's so a they class- got to the podium in the late twenties or early thirties, and they're like, "How's this guy still here?" All exactly. right, we'll take him. Yeah, it's 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 just exactly like um, Ha Ha Clinton Dix. Yeah. Right, they go up to the podium last year. Oh, wait a minute. This guy who's obviously going to be a decent NFL player just sitting right here. Okay, sure. Yeah. And like, although ha, ha Clinton Dix has had his ups and downs in the, uh, in the national football league, but sure. uh, he's still but I, solid I, player. Yeah. yeah. I think that he'll wind up being pretty good in the long term. Oh God. Yes. Yeah. And like, uh, I just think Eric, I just, I think I'm going to end up crying seeing Eric Kendricks and Clay Matthews line up in, in the mid range there or in, in the second uh, level and just looking to take Matt Stafford's head off every, twice a year. Right. And well, just think about like Kendricks is obviously just a guy who projects pretty well in the NFL and he's an upgrade over AJ Hawk. I think it's fair to say. Oh God, I hate AJ Hawk. <laughs> Most overrated player in the national, in national football, almost at national hockey, like the national football league, AJ Hawk. Really? Um, well, he's gone from there anyway. I don't know. I think that yeah. people caught on to AJ Hawk eventually. Yeah. Um, Next, uh, the Saints. Yeah, the Saints who own the Seattle Seahawks. Seattle Seahawks Super Bowl. The worst, the the worst pick in the draft. The thirty-one, the Super Bowl loser. Um, yeah, they got it in the Jimmy Graham trade. Uh, few mocks have the Saints taking the, the first tight end off the board, taking Max, Max Williams after you know Jimmy Graham. Makes sense, but I mean, I don't. I think that the Saints go defense with this pick. I think they should probably go defense with the, both their first two picks. The reality is, I, I, I think that if you've already got Drew Brees on offense, um, and you've already got a couple other guys who, you, at least, like, you've already got Brandon Cooks on offense, who I think they're going to use a little more this year. CJ Spiller, they added. CJ Spiller's another one. I think that you use both these picks on defense, and you use some of your later picks that you got, like the third you got from Miami from for Stills or whatever it happens to be. Use some of those later picks, and you try to hit a home run with some of the mid-round picks on your offense. So if you're going to go yeah. receiver, you, you wait and you do that there. Yeah, because, like, they're going to have a mid-round, mid-second round pick, and, like, Philip Dorsett could easily be there in, like, the mid-second round for them. Yeah. If they uh, want to go wide receiver. Well. So uh, I, I wouldn't go receiver this pick. i go defense with this pick. So if they're doing that, uh, well, there's a whole lot of different things that you could do with that pick um, if you're going defense. Uh, I... I I suppose Golden is a possibility of still on the board. Eli Harold's a name that's been kicked around for for them. Yeah, that's another that's another one. Um, there are, there are a few guys. Yeah, one goes, guy whose name I don't even have the slightest clue how to pronounce. Oh, the defensive end from UCLA. Yeah, um, I don't know his name either. <laughs> uh, I didn't watch very much UCLA. Let, let, let me try. Or just I for say, I didn't watch very much UCLA. I I watched I think two or three games of them. Yeah, just for the Not sake of. Just for the sake of hilarity, Bay. Oh, my God. I, I was like, I, I felt like I could have got the first name. I don't have the site. Like, 
Odighuzwa. Odighuzwa. Oh my goodness. That, what a heck of a name. Either way, with yeah. a name that good, you know he's a player. Yeah. Well, Key and Peel would uh, would be thrilled with this. Yeah. Guy. Exactly. Very uh, good. Very good. <laughs> um, and now the pick everybody wants. 32. 32, the New England Patriots. I like. I think I messaged this to you. How come we haven't been referring to that last play of, well, I guess technically it wasn't the last play, but the most significant play of the last Super Bowl. How come that hasn't already been dubbed the interception? I don't know. Because, like, and what do you what do you know? What do you say? Like, what kind of season are the Seahawks going to have? Like, are they just going to go into FU mode, or are they going to go into so. – you think so? Because like I think it's the group that, that that has that attitude. Are you allowed to go into fu mode if the thing that happened was completely avoidable though? I think. Like, do you I, like, qualify for fu mode if you're Sherman and playing in fu mode the entire time? Yeah, well, yes, that's his default <laughs> setting. Like his yeah. neutral. Is setting. there any other setting that he has? No, he has his neutral is fu mode. That that like, but that but awesome human beings aside. Um, like, are you allowed, like, is your team allowed to go into FU mode if you cause the fatality due to your own jackassery? Uh, I think the Seahawks are always in FU mode. I think that they're pissed that they didn't get drafted higher than they did. They're pissed that people, I just, I think the Seahawks are going to be ready to go next year. I just think that, like, the Seahawks, though, because, like, every, let's face it, everybody hates the New England Patriots except New England Patriots fans. I think that. Every city that the Seahawks show up to, they can be in FU mode, but they should issue a formal apology to every team and every football fan in the league. Well, maybe not the whole team, not the defensive players, but certainly everyone involved with the picking of that offensive play. Like they should have a mic. They should be go to each city and go, sorry, pass the mic down. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Like, it should just be a requirement because now we like just think about how long that catch would have lived. Uh, the the one that was made on the sidelines right before the end of the game. The Browner catch, I think it was Browner. No, not Browner. Uh, by no, the by the the guy who caught the ball was a curse. Who caught the ball when he was like lying on his back. Yeah, it was Javon Curse or yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, think about how long that catch lives if not for the interception like two plays later. Yeah, we would have had. The but trifecta. I don't want to talk about that. I don't want to talk about that. Well, I just say we would have had the trifecta, and now the only way we can bring down the New England Patriots fans again because apparently like. Because obviously we, we were always able to say, well, you were never able to win when you weren't filming the other teams. And now they've got their, we won when we weren't filming the other teams. Although there was that football thing that was weird, but that's neither here nor there. The only one we have is if the Patriots somehow go back to the Super Bowl and lose to Eli a third time. <laughs> like, like if that goes back and if they go back and Eli beats them a third time, then you go, well, how can you be the greatest team ever if you can't beat Eli Manning okay. once? Right. Yeah, uh, somehow Odell Beckham Jr. would have, like, 245 yards in that football game. Yeah, something like, and makes, like, some sort of crazy one-handed catch that will be, you know, played forever. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the helmet catch, only, like, crazier somehow, and it makes more sense because, uh, to my untrained football eye, Odell Green uh, Odell, sorry, I've got Joe, Joe Green Beckham on the brain here. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr. looks like he's a better football player than David Tyree. Yes. <laughs> Just oh, it, quite the limb you just went out on there. Yeah, well. Um, so we haven't talked about what the Patriots will do with that pick. What do you, what do you, what do you think? Besides trade down, which they always do. Uh, Ronald Darby, cornerback, Florida State. Yeah, not a bad idea. Um, they like guys from winning programs. They need um, a cornerback. Seems they need like a smart fit. Yeah. Uh, I just think that Darby is the guy. 
Yeah, if they do keep the pick, which they won't, but if they do keep the pick, anyone other than Ronald Darby, unless, you know, one of the many good names that we've said falls to 32. But, like, the Patriots, they never use the 32 pick because the 32 counts as a first-rounder, and you have to pay your first-rounders more money. Yeah, but you get the fifth-year option on them, which True. is great if you hit. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings, for example, they're probably glad that instead of a four-year contract for Teddy Bridgewater, they have a fifth-year option. Yes. If you miss it, then you're just paying a, a worse player more money. But if you hit on a quarterback, for example, then it, it, you, you want that last pick. But that's that's a whole other thing for a whole other time. Absolutely. All right, so that's our uh, NFL pick. Um, I guess we could get you back on. Uh, I, when are we going to have Craig Needles back on next? I guess if you wanted to, we could get you back on later on in this week when we find out the, the second round matchups for the NHL, we could sure we can talk, about talk briefly about that if you want. Um, yeah, but we'll get you back at some point where, you know, baseball's heating up. We can certainly talk some, uh, talk some baseball. Cause you know, a rod's gone into full FU mode and I'm really glad I spent the six bucks on him in, uh, our, yeah. In our fantasy baseball league where I'm trying to yeah, repeat. Yeah, seems to be going pretty well, doesn't it? Yeah, and we could, we could spew over our love for Devin Travis that's going on so far. Um, Craig Needles, once again, thanks for coming back. Good to Talk see you. Soon. Good to talk to you. Take care, man. All right.